Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. It is fan day for the Eskimos. They've been at training camp for a week, and uh, they're kind of wearing down a little bit. I think they're a little tired. We're going to talk to some players uh, today. Morley Scott, along with uh, Dave Campbell. Uh, the Eskimos uh, will head into week two of training camp. Preseason uh, begins one week from today with the Calgary Stampeders uh, in town. Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, and our first guest already lined up here standing beside us, uh, Arjun Cole. How are you, Arjun? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. No uh, you were drafted last year, second round by the Eskimos, signed a contract coming into this year's training camp. Give me your thoughts on your, uh, not your first pro camp, but your first CFL pro camp. Uh, it's definitely different. The game's uh, a little, uh, how, do, how do you say it? I guess slower, but at the same time fast. So I'm um, just trying to adjust and do what I can to get better, get in the playbook, uh, learn from veterans. And uh, so far, so far, so it's been it's been it's been good. Uh, what was today like for you with the, with the crowd out? It's a, it's a great setup. You haven't obviously been here for the previous ones, which were next door at, at Clark. Uh, they moved it into the big house today. Oh, I can't say big house around here. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan State, Michigan right? State, Michigan. Yeah. No hey. big house. You know you don't the want real, to walk away. You know what the real big house is, right? But uh, first time in here, it's a pretty good day. Great weather. The crowd. Uh, did you get to interact with some fans? A yeah, bit? it's awesome. It's awesome. A uh, great turnout. Uh, all the kids playing around, jumping in the uh, jamboree and. Uh, we had a good practice. I think we still put in good work today, and uh, we're just trying to get better every day to tell, win a great cup. Tell me about your path. I know uh, since you've been drafted, you, you spent some time in some NFL camps before you ended up uh, uh, coming here before training camps. What was it like going through that process first with Dallas and then Seattle? Uh, it was just surreal, you know. Uh, I've been watching the NFL since I was a little kid and just being able to play and play against guys like Des Bryant and Tony Romo and actually seeing them in person is just surreal. So uh, just being there, uh, learning from the best was just an awesome experience uh we had good coaches there so it was great it was great you're used to coming from big programs so i mean at michigan state right yeah uh, that's uh football's football's pretty big yeah uh what was that like going going to school and playing at michigan state uh michigan state was awesome we won the rose bowl cotton bowl uh went to the football playoffs and it was just an awesome experience just to be out there play against teams like alabama and uh I don't know how to explain it. It's just, uh, it's different. It's different than any anything you could ever do. And uh, just going out there on the field, and you're playing in front of 70,000 people, 80,000 people. It's it's crazy. How would you get to Michigan State? Tell me about that process. From uh, you're you're playing high school in Windsor, right? Yeah, I was playing high school in uh, Windsor, and Mr. Lumley, my my head coach in uh, at Herman Secondary School, he's like, you got to go to camps in the states. He's like, you got talent, and I didn't really believe him or. Or trust them, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out here and try it. So I went to a camp called Sound Mind, Sound Body, and I ran a 40, and I ended up running a 439. And uh, after I did that, I, I caught some heads. I, I got some attention from schools like Notre Dame and uh, Rice, and it was what, awesome. What was the courting process like? 
the recruiting process? Yeah, like where, where there was a few schools actually talking it, to you, I'm it's, guessing. Yeah, it's 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 just weird. You know, you're walking, you walk home, and there's a head coach in your in your living room, or you're at school, and they call you on the PA, and they're like, "Oh, Arjun, come to the office," and you think you're in trouble or something. You go down there, and there's a coach wanting to meet you, uh, getting letters in the mail. It's it's awesome. I kept all that stuff because it's just great memories. Well, in the CFL, you're gonna need that 4340 speed, so I still hope you've maintained that. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got, I got it still. I got it. So tell me the the nuances and and the adjustments you have to make playing the CFL game compared to the American game. Mm-hmm. Well, with the one yard off, I think that changes the game a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more off coverage when you're when you're in the NFL. There's the line of scrimmage. You can press the man. There's a lot more man coverage in the, yeah, in the NFL, a lot, right? Yeah. yeah, a lot more man coverage. So here it's more off man. Right. So you're playing a man from 10 yards away, and you're staring at the quarterback, and that's something you really don't do in the in the NFL. Like most teams, they like to press and play bump and run. Um, another thing is the end zone. The end zone is huge. <laughs> is huge. So uh, you just got to know when you're down in the red zone that uh, any route could be ran. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you watch an NFL game or a U.S. college game and you see the team line up on the five, you think they got no room to do anything, but that's so different in this league. Oh, yeah, you still have <laughs> 35 yards. Yeah. <laughs> so week one of training camp ends today. Week two begins tomorrow. You got a game coming up uh, on the 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, what do you want to accomplish, or what do you think you've accomplished so far in week one? And then for you, being a rookie to the league, what do you want to accomplish in week two, preparing mm-hmm. for that preseason game? Uh, what I accomplished in week one, I think I think I made a good transition. Uh, I think I made a good impression on the coaches. I think they see that I have uh, ball skills and I, that I could tackle and I could play uh, defensive back in this league. And uh, for week two and for the preseason games coming up, uh, I just want to make plays and uh, win the game, really. I want to win every time I go up for against sure. my matchup and uh, just get better. Take it as an experience and use it so I could use it for the regular season and on in the playoffs. It's funny, a small world. We just got a text from our operator back at the station, Dustin. I went to the same high school as Argent. Go Griffins. <laughs> <laughs> Said he graduated in 2008. So with that, that wouldn't have been. Uh, oh, he was he was gone before me. Yeah, but he's much older. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's much older. So, uh, what's your goal coming in here? Like, how, how tough is it to gauge what expectations are for yourself and and that the team has for you as you come into your first training camp? Uh, I just try to just focus on myself. All I can do is control what I can control. That's all I can do. So. Every day, I just have the mindset I'm going to come out here. I'm going to get better. Uh, I focus on a couple things, and that's it. That's that's my goal. My goal is to play for this team and start and make it make it to a great cup. Uh, safety or wherever, corner, wherever right? the team needs me, it, uh, I'll be. Yeah, obviously cornerback mostly, right? Uh, in in the NFL camps and in yeah. college, right? Yeah. So uh, it's different here with the wide side, right? There's mm-hmm. no wide side down south, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that you have to use your speed a lot there too, right? Just patience. Yeah. Watch your man and uh, just read your keys. I think that's the biggest part of it is just reading your keys and knowing what you have to do, and just understanding the the bigger picture of the play. And I think that 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 helps you play. Better. We were talking off air too about. The the speed of the game and uh, when you're lining up at safety and you're the one that's responsible for you know calling the checks uh, mm-hmm. you got to you got to work fast mm-hmm. yeah definitely in this league with all the motioning and crossing and switches you got to be ready and you got to know you know your rules and just if you if you follow your rules you'll be fine well so far it looks like you're on your way so thank i'm you. sure you want to get a way better than where you're at now of course yeah. but it looks like you're on your way so thank you yeah 
Arjun Colhoun, thanks for uh, for joining us. Appreciate your time. I know you're going to go back and sign some autographs now, meet some fans, so uh, thanks for coming over. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. All right, that's uh, Eskimo draft pick from last year, Arjun Colhoun, who has uh, been lining up at safety, been lining up uh, on the wide side on the corner, and as he just told us, his goal is to start somewhere uh, for this uh, football club, and uh, wherever they need him is, uh, is where he wants to be. Uh, Morley Scott, along with uh, Dave Campbell, it's fan day. Moved it into Commonwealth, Dave, and I think uh, the fans I've talked to, huge success. Uh, they've, you know, uh, they're really appreciative of it. I was kind of uh, wondering all week, how would this look? You know, <laughs> it looks great. You know, it's it's fantastic. And um, I think this was long overdue uh, now that we're here. So it was always good at Clark. You know, it, it was really nice atmosphere. But it's a different vibe when you're here. This is where the Eskimos play. This is where they practice. This is where they work. Okay. Unlike, you know, the going to Clark or going out to Spruce Grove like we were two years ago. This is the home of the Edmonton Eskimos and for fans to come up close and personal because let's face it, when you're watching a game or even fans that come on, uh, out here to practice, you can't be on the field. You can't be on field level. Now you can. It's great. And the move here was more than just the move here. They they supersized this whole event. They got a beer garden over there to our left. Uh, they've got all sorts of activities, interactive activities for the kids. Uh, the the, uh, uh, the autograph session continues. There's always lots going on here. Uh, I think we're going to talk with uh, the general manager when uh, we come back. We'll take a break and be back with more from Fandy. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott, along with uh, Dave Campbell. It's Fan Day for the Eskimos, and what a great day it turned out to be. Weather It's always windy on Fan Day. That's the tradition, it seems. <laughs> it is a little bit windy right now, but uh, it's very warm. Good crowd here, uh, and we're uh, pleased to be joined at our location uh, right on the track level by the dressing room in the end zone by uh, Brock Sunderland, Eskimos Vice President of Football Operations and the general manager. Pretty cool day, eh, Brock? It's a great day. I love the fans being out here. It brings a lot of energy to practice. I know the players love it, and I uh, wish we could do it every day, actually. Get a chance to mingle a little bit with the fans and talk to them? A little bit. Focusing on practice, how to work, but and then after practice, of course, they're more interested in the, the players, as they should be. Yes, uh, that's that's very true. The players are always first. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's first talk to you about the, the big story of the week, which, of course, the injury to Corey Greenwood, which is uh, just uh, when you the more you think about it, the more heartbroken you are for the guy and, and for the team who, you know, made the move two days, like he was saying the other day, I didn't get to put the pads on for a practice yet. Just, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, heartbroken for him. He's a great person. He's a consummate pro, a good leader, obviously a very good football player. So we're disappointed, but that's football. I mean, that happens and you lose players. And I think the stat, don't correct me if I'm, or correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Packers won the Super Bowl during the 2010 season with 11 starters on the injured reserve. So, you know, next man up, that sounds like yeah. it's cliche, but Adam Quinar stepped in. He's playing great. We have Blair Smith. We have Doug Parrish. We have Chris Lumba. So, you know, steady as it goes, and we're going to continue moving forward, and we have all the faith in the world of all those players. And I know Jason has talked about it with us, that the reason you made that switch is because of the depth you had back there. So you got to you got to believe in your depth, right? And exactly hope, right. Hope you don't need it, but got to believe in it if you have to. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, what have you liked so far? Uh, the tempo. The, the offense is moving very fast, and I know I wasn't here last year, but everybody says everybody's picked it up. You know, it's the same same offense, same vernacular, same play call, same signal. So the, the speed of the offense has been intriguing. Uh, can you tell right away uh, how a football team, you know, feels comfort level just by the way they're moving in practice, the way they react to certain things, you know, because, I mean, you weren't here last year. This is right. Jason's second year. That's the point I'm driving at here. Can you tell the fluidity of, uh, you know, how the players are reacting to their coaching staff? Yeah, it's it's easy. It's natural. It is fluid. That's the key word there is it's fluid and it's, it's very... 
everybody's cohesive. So it, they, they know the drills they're running. They have the same meeting time. Everything's consistent from last year. So the continuity makes everything easy on everybody. Watching Jason Moss do his thing as the head coach, what do you notice right away? Because you, you've, you've worked with him as the offensive coordinator under Rick Campbell. Right. But now he's, you know, the head coach in the second year. What have you noticed? Uh, very detail-oriented, which I love. And uh, he's a leader. I mean, I think there's no secret that why he was successful as a player is his leadership skills. And he that carried over to being a head coach. And that's something that I don't think you can learn. I think you either are or you aren't a leader. And he's a leader. What's uh, what's the goal this week as you get set to go into the preseason with the games? Two games that come in the blink of an eye with just three days between them, which is really kind of weird. Kind of unfortunate, too, because it forced you to do things probably a little more differently than you want to. Sure. Uh, the goal this week is, first and foremost, to stay healthy. We're at some key players. And number two is to get a better look at some position battles. Yeah, and there's some pretty good battles going on, I assume. Uh, there's guys that are uh, looks guys that are probably popping up and having good camps that maybe you didn't expect or whatever. Yeah, we're going to evaluate them for the rest of the week, and there's some some hot button positions that going into it we were looking at and it's as we expected there's guys that are playing really well there's a couple players that we expected more from there's some players that are playing better than what we thought they might be and that's a good problem you've brought in a couple of players throughout camp i know a couple guys out today or that you announced the signing of this morning Mm -hmm. Uh, those guys coming in, is that how is that? What's the reasoning behind that? Are they guys that you've been chasing and then finally got to sign them, or you bring them in because you feel you need some work at that spot or you need some depth at that spot? Usually it's because we need some depth and some yeah. some help at those spots. Those players that we think can help us. Every move we make is always going to be because we think they can help the team. So it's always going to be a guy that we think is can improve the position group or at a, you know special teams, whatever it may be. So that's the the thought process behind it. Am I correct? In, the cut down day is just not till the end to camp this year, right? Exactly. You don't yeah, have don't to have do that, two, just that midway just point, right? Exactly. Which I guess is good for you for the preseason games, right? Yeah. You wouldn't have enough guys to play. It's <laughs> tough sometimes. You have to, I know a couple times in Ottawa, we would go and basically tell players, hey, you're starting the game and you're going to rotate and play different positions. So two positions and all four special teams and have at it. And that's that's hard to do. Yeah. that's that's It's a short window. I know NFL teams, they get four preseason, two preseason games. You really got to find that right mix between getting your veterans ready and getting enough looks at guys guys in in game situations to, to find out if they can play or not exactly right we're going to use the first game to to help out with our starters or who we project to start and get them some game reps and then uh, the game in winnipeg it's going to be position battles and it's going to be probably the crux of the younger guys and they're going to get their opportunities i'm pretty impressed with every position but the one position that really just stands out to me is the young receiving core that you have here i have no idea how you're going to make the decisions because i, I think there's you know i look at a couple guys and i'm going okay they might be starting to separate, yeah. but the other guys are not far behind. This is a really deep group. It's a good problem to have. You know, Paul Jones and Torrey Hunter and Rob Roth have done a great job of finding talent out there, and the coaches are doing a great job getting the younger guys up to speed. So the, the hardest part of any pro player coming into this camp is learning the playbook and adjusting and catching up to where the rest of the guys that were here before. So, you know, the players, I have to compliment them. They've dialed in. They've been diligent. They've been true professionals, and we've been able to throw a lot at them so they can compete at the same level with the expanded playbook. Nice to watch Mike rally up close to. That's great. It's good to be on his team finally instead of having to run around us and through us. Uh, you've had some some guys missing practice the last couple of days, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, receivers right. and, and running backs. Anything in there that you're worried about? Anything serious that's going to cause problems heading down the road? No, we're being cautionary. You know, some of these guys are some players that we're counting on, so we're going to be cautious at this time, and uh, we're hoping for 18-plus games as opposed to 
training camp practices, and that's the thought process behind that. Yeah. Uh, all right, you're uh, you got a place now in Edmonton. Tell me about Edmonton. What's it been like? I know you've been living here, I imagine, right. for for 18 hours or more uh, a day since training camp started. But how have you enjoyed just being in Edmonton and living here? Feels like home. I mean, I'm from Montana, as I keep saying. So the late nights and having it be light out at 10, 10:30 reminds me of Great Falls, Montana. The people are very much Northwest people. It feels like my people in quotes, and uh, it's it's extremely warm and welcoming and uh, it's very green. I love the the river valley. It's beautiful. It's scenic. I drive over a bridge every morning coming to work and uh, it, I just feel like I'm at home here. So the crazy thunderstorms that we get in Edmonton, that's not going to freak you out? Cause, no, you that's know. something we had back home as well. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say how, talk about how it stays light so late. Every year you find, I find one player, his first time in Canada, he goes, I can't, I can't sleep at night. It's so bright till right. so late. It's something it's, uh, some guys have trouble adjusting to for sure. It's comforting for me because that's what I grew up in. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, Brock, thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. Thanks, Appreciate Brock. you guys having right. me. Thank you. That is uh, Eskimos Vice President and uh, General Manager uh, Brock Sunderland joining us here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eskimos uh, Fan Day going on here. Uh, Dave, he alluded to to the battles. Uh, there's some there's some pretty good battles, and I think the injury to Corey Greenwood uh, intensified not only the battle at that Will linebacker spot, but maybe some of the battles in the defensive backfield with the guy we had on to start the show with yeah. Archon Colhoun, who is at some point this year, I gotta believe, is gonna challenge for starters job. I would think so. He could uh, be he could be I uh, just pick a guy like Taylor Loffler last year in Winnipeg. Uh, didn't start at the first, you know, four, five, six games, but once he got a chance, no one could take that job back from him. I think uh, there's gotta be a decision about and this probably doesn't happen maybe this year or you know, now especially, but where does he fit best? Safety or does he fit best in the corner? I mean he played five years corner at Michigan State. That's that's no slouch right there, folks. That's a major Division One school in American college football. And if you watch American college football, they're good down there. They, yeah. they are very good. Well, uh, Brock, Brock told me one time on account, he, said, he played five years at Michigan State. He's a good football player. Now, the one thing is uh, Canadian... Canadian players, you know, their, their way to start on the corner or start anywhere else in the football team, safety is a nice position to to start their way in because you get to see the whole field, you're away from the ball. But Colhoun, to me, is someone that he's pro-ready. There's no question that he's pro-ready. You play that that at that school, at that level of ball, it's not pro, but... It's almost pro. He's been to two camps now, even though the Seattle Seahawks camp was a rookie camp or a mini camp. But uh, that's someone that you go, he's pro ready. So it's he, only a matter of yeah, time. Yeah, he played five years at one of the biggest football colleges in the United States. Uh, he went to the training camp at the Dallas Cowboys and then the mini camp with the Seattle Mariners. So he's uh, basically he's had three NFL camps when you think about yep. it, if you include Michigan State in there. So, yeah, you're right. He's ready. And i got to believe at some point this year he is uh, going to be a factor. Uh, in the Eskimos uh, defensive backfield. Uh, lots to talk about still. We're expecting to talk to a couple of more players uh, before we're done at the the top of the clock here. Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, it's Eskimos fan day. The autograph session is going on now. They, of course, have moved it to Commonwealth Stadium this year, and everybody uh, has enjoyed themselves at Commonwealth because of the move. So I'm pretty safe in saying that it'll be back here next year yep. when, they, when they do fan day. Beautiful day weather-wise as well. So uh, we'll talk some more football. Uh, when we return, it's Eskimos. Eskimos fan day coverage with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell on the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos 630 chip. 
Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. Fan day today, and it was a pretty successful day, i got to say. It's not over yet. Players are still over signing autographs uh, with uh, pretty good attendance uh, today. I don't know what the final numbers were. Maybe this guy knows. Len Rhodes, yeah. president, he's, he's, he's making a face heads? like he doesn't what? know. There were more than two. We're going okay. to say more than two, less than filled to capacity. Yeah. All right. yeah. Really good attendance. And Absolutely i got to say, Len, uh, first year in here for fan day, I'm I'm calling it a success. I don't know about yeah. you. It was our uh, staff that recommended coming back to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium for this. Uh, we've done it at Clark for uh, many years now. This is fabulous. Turnout is great. Uh, we'll get the numbers at the end of the day, uh, but it's a beautiful crowd. And the best thing about this, it allows our fans to be right at field level, something they don't get to experience uh, during regular season. Right down field level, get to see it, same uh, level as the players. And it's so nice to see the players interact with the fans. Mike Riley was throwing tossing the ball onto the sidelines uh, throwing it at fans they're tossing it back and forth and that's just, that's what it's all about the interaction with our players and our fans well the uh, injured receivers should be careful then because if some of those <laughs> some of those fans that Mike rally threw the ball to they could be playing so there, there Shemont, no Brandon, real... you better get back <laughs> Paul Jones didn't sign any of them <laughs> it's funny you probably a good thing <laughs> I, I saw one of those injured receivers Shamad chamber earlier today and he was he was doing the same thing he's playing catch and the fan just could not catch the ball he threw <laughs> him three times and he dropped it three times so maybe some will make it and some won't uh, this uh, important this is an important day for you is it not it is it sets you know we've been uh, obviously in training camp now for a week but when the fans come in big numbers that's really the start and when you have a nice wonderful day weather wise like this it's really how everything gets going and it's uh, now it's our time Oilers had a fabulous run there's good momentum in Edmonton right now the city's on a buzz and now our Eskimos come into play and it's a uh, you just see the mood in this city when it comes to sports is really at, at a peak right now. Two great contenders, uh, not to undermine soccer as well, and uh, everything is going well, and there's room for everyone in this town. Uh, the, tell me a little bit about tickets this year, season tickets. Uh, I know it's been a big topic, always is a big topic around the CFL. How'd they go for the Eskimos? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, I'd love to say we're breaking records. You know, it's a pretty similar pace to last year. Uh, but we have a number of initiatives out there. So, of course, uh, season seats are uh, the bread and butter for this organization. And uh, that continues to go well. We've introduced uh, three packs now uh, for $99. And that's a great play because it's a, it's a flex pack fans can pick uh, whichever games they want throughout the year and um, it's just a uh, different price points for everyone not whole is there there's great pricing for kids and families uh, we have uh, the college corner so we've learned that you can't do everything in one section we have Brickley's uh, as well for the kids and there's a number of things there's going to be an interactive corner on the southeast side this year with Nissan and uh, we have interactive tosses as well so much for fans to just get hands-on and um, when you feel it you just experience it and you want to come back we only have 10 dates in a year hopefully an 11th and uh, with a home playoff game that's what it's all about it's uh, you know this is a lonely stadium when the players aren't here when the coaches aren't here but especially when the fans come that's what makes it vibrant 
Now, you say you had 10 dates, maybe 11. Next year, you might have 12. Ah. That's the rumor, anyway. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, we have, uh, what, two more sleepies. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, it'll be a news conference on uh, on uh, Monday, 2 o'clock. You'll hear it live here on 6.30. Chad, uh, Len, I don't want you to say anything, but at that point, Canadian Football League will announce the 2018 Grey Cup will be coming uh, to Edmonton. I hope I didn't let anything out of the bag with that. It, it is not a very well-kept secret right now around town, which is great news. Now, Len, let me ask you something. If, per se, the Eskimos were to be awarded a Grey Cup in the near future, how important would that be for the franchise? Uh, it's really important. Uh, there have, uh, you know, not been many uh, home dates here for Grey Cup, and uh, we've still yet to uh, play in it and to win it, so that would be really the ultimate, but uh, puts a lot of pressure on everyone, and that's a great thing. Uh, we have this season to go through, and... Uh, People are going to see with the announcement on Monday, it's really, um, you have a leg in when you have season seats, and that'll give you a lot of perks and open a lot of doors uh, for a lot of the options going forward. But, uh, yeah, Monday's going to be really exciting. Now, obviously, there's been a lot, a lot out there in the last few days, but it's all good, and uh, we look forward to Monday. From a league level, of course, a new commissioner is going to have to come in at some point. Is, I guess that's probably, is that the biggest thing right now on the plate of the Board of Governors? Yeah, Jim Lawson, the chair of the Board of Governors, is the acting commissioner, and um, that's a he's uh, handling it very well. What's great is the nine teams are really the league. So as an alternate governor, we wear our league hat when we get together around the table, and uh, even though there's going to be a gap without a commissioner, you have nine teams who truly care about this league. We fight like cats and dogs on the field, but off the field, we always try to do what's right for this league and think long term. And sometimes there's things that we'll agree with or disagree with, but you always think, okay, what's best for the CFL and how do the Eskimos position ourselves so that we excel at that? You know, you think about scheduling, which we have a great one this year. There's always a number of variables at that uh, because all nine teams want to have a good schedule. We ended up with a great one this year. Last year, we had a less than nine ideal one mm -hmm. but the commissioner is also the the job of the commissioner is to think 10 years down the road what does this league look like beyond today and there's so many opportunities but there's a temptation sometimes to try to jump on a hundred things at the same time I would say what's the top four or five things that we want to achieve and how do we get there as a group but there's no doubt once we start playing the game on game day we have no friends because it's all about what's right for this club like maybe in a perfect world next weekend maybe should be the opening of the CFL regular season? Well, you know that, where I stand. Is that, that on the agenda there? Yeah. Well, you know where I stand <laughs> in terms of uh, earlier season, and I I really believe about in that, and I know that our fans and the responses and the surveys that we've done now for the last few years continue to put a lot of uh, support behind that whole notion of uh, a shift of a season. A lot of variables, but never say never, because uh, may not happen overnight, but I've got to believe that ultimately we're going to get there. All right. It'd be great to have a great cup here in uh, November 20th. 2018. It would be great to have it in mid-November 2018, but uh, I don't think you're it, not overnight for sure. Is uh, we hope you keep chipping away at that because I know I, every fan I talk to, it's important to them, uh, especially those that sit outside in late November, wherever the Grey Cup game is, wherever the playoff games are. And it just makes sense when you think about it. But, yeah, and uh, wherever Grey Cups played in any given year, and whatever the temperature though, it could be on December 24th, and we know people would show up because it is Canada's greatest party. That is it's, very true. It's a uh, and you can have a beer and tease one another, but it's all in fun, and it's truly the Canadian way. This league is so in touch with everyone, the citizens that represent it. It's the people's league, and uh, we're custodians, and uh, we just try to make sure that we serve it up right, and 
uh, we always try to do what's uh, right, but, uh, you know, it's never perfect. But, uh, gosh, this is a good league. Whether I'm working in this league or not, before arriving the Eskimos, I'm a huge fan of the CFL. And the best times are always around Grey Cup. Absolutely right. And on that note, we'll remind you of a special announcement coming up Monday, 2 o'clock. We'll have it for you live here on 630 Chid. Right? It's going to be right upstairs, right? Yeah, right. Right here right on the up. south end. Exactly. Excellent. So we'll have that for you live 2 o'clock on Monday afternoon. Len, thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. Congratulations on today. Looks like it's been a huge success. Yeah, thanks to the fans for showing up. This was great, and thanks for the coverage, guys. Great thanks, Len. Uh, Len Rhodes, Eskimos president and CEO. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. Commonwealth. We're back we at Commonwealth Stadium on the brick field. Dave Campbell, Morley Scott. Uh, it's uh, been a terrific day here, fan day uh, at, uh, at Commonwealth. Uh, big, big turnout. Weather was great. Uh, it was a really good day for everybody involved. We're hoping to get a hold of one more Eskimo player before uh, we wrap it up at the top of the clock. Just a reminder, one week from tomorrow will be uh, the Eskimos' first preseason game. It will uh, be against the Calgary Stampeders right here on the Brickfield. 5 o'clock start next Sunday, and that would mean a 3.30 pregame show here with myself and Dave and Blake Dermott and uh, Brendan Ulrich uh, bringing you uh, the coverage as the Eskimos begin the preseason against the Calgary Stampeders. And then just a few nights later on Thursday of that week, so a week from Thursday, it will be the uh, second preseason game. That will be in Winnipeg against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, just to let you know, and I know it, it, it usually happens one way, but it's going to happen a different way this year for the Eskimos. Usually uh, the starters and the guys you want to see in games play a series or two in the first game, and then they get sat down. It's going to be the other way around this year because of the travel concerns and the short time between games. So uh, the game that will be played here on uh, Sunday of next week, the, the starters will get most of the play in that game. The guys you want to see will get most of the play in that game. Uh, then you get a chance to see the other guys you want to see the guys who are knocking on the door uh, for for jobs, uh, you know, in the late in the third and into the fourth quarter, and then all those guys will get a chance to really uh, solidify a spot uh, on the Thursday game in Winnipeg. They flipped it around for travel purposes, uh, Dave, because of that short time uh, between games, not a lot of time to recover. They don't want to play their vets with, you know, there's no there's no need to tax a veteran no. during preseason games. Like no, absolutely sure. not. And that's a uh, you know, as preseason games go, you know, going to Winnipeg, that's you know could be a two-hour flight there and a two-hour flight back so you want to make sure you you keep your starters fresh even though there is a long time before they're going to play their their first game of the regular season about a nine-day gap but still you don't want to tax your your veterans too much what's interesting about that june 11th game that's calgary's second game because mm-hmm. they'll they're they're playing on tuesday yeah uh, at home to the bc lions so uh that's going to be an interesting wrinkle there but you know for fans it's going to be great you get to see the starters hopefully a lot of them are healthy <laughs> because a lot of them are not healthy right now, uh, but nothing serious. I mean, Brandon Zilstra, Shamat Chambers, uh, I don't believe they're serious at all. And then you got John White, you got Trayvon Van, uh, Kendall Lawrence, who's back with the Eskimos this year, has a chance to be uh, the primary kick returner again. Nothing too serious. Saw Kendall out here today. Yesterday he had a noticeable limp yeah. uh, on his left leg or ankle. This Today it didn't look like it was quite as noticeable, so so that's good. So, uh, But it's going to be fun in that second game. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the first game because 
you're going to see the starters, you know, and you'll always want to see the starters because that's who you see during the regular season. But there's so much competition for spots. I mean, there's more up for grabs this training camp than there was last year coming off the Grey Cup year. This year, you got spots uh, on the O-line. You got spots in the receiving core. You got uh, spot in, in linebacker now, especially at the at the weak side with Chris uh, Corey Greenwood going down. And then you got spots in the in the uh, secondary. You got spots in the return game. So there's lots of competition here. And it, there's a lot of good battles and close battles. And, you know, now we're heading into week two, and this is the week where guys are going to start to separate themselves. And then they're going to have to prove it in the game. One other injury note, and, and we talked about it yesterday with, with head coach Jason Moss. Corey Greenwood's out, and the guy, one of the guys behind him, Adam Konar, didn't take part in the mock game. Uh, he had a, uh, a cast on his hand, uh, watched from the sidelines, but uh, Jason Moss did tell us yesterday he'll be able to play through that. And he said that he wouldn't be out today, but he would be out on uh, on Sunday for practice. So we'll watch for him to be back out uh, tomorrow. The Eskimos have uh, two practices tomorrow, right? Yep. I believe starting at yep. 8.30. The game there open to the public, so please uh, feel free if you, uh, you didn't have time to get down here today to head on down to Commonwealth Stadium and watch the Eskimos on the brick field to practice tomorrow at uh, 10.30 and, or 8.30 and 10.30. I don't know why we said it's two practice. They have a 10-minute break between the two, so it's just one. Uh, it's either one short practice or one long practice uh, <laughs> instead of having, saying it was it was two a days. But Technically, yeah. it's two. <laughs> uh, technically, it is indeed uh, it is indeed two, uh, but it goes uh, 8.30 and uh, 10.30 with a 10-minute break, as I mentioned, in between the two of them. Uh, one thing I noticed from the mock game yesterday, Dave, was uh, Riley to Bowman seems to work. That, that was yeah. on the first series. They uh, they they combined for a touchdown, and uh, it looks like we're going to look forward to uh, more of that in 2017. We've seen it for the last three or four years. Uh, it's just a terrific combination. Both individuals have been smooth in this camp, and you know they have spots, right? So, you know, we, we talked to Mike Riley last week about, uh, you know, how do you manage the preseason? How do you manage the first game and that sort of thing? And he says, look, it's about getting to June 24th. That's what it's really about for, for a veteran. So, but they've looked really smooth. You know, and even the mock game yesterday, they were they were in sync. It's like they, you know, they never left. They're in midseason form already. So, uh, Darius Bowman is uh, the elder statesman of this of this receiving core, and I love his maturation through. You know, the, the time he stepped out here when he was in his mid-20s, you know, in 2011, playing alongside Fred Stamps, and there was some uh, other veterans here too. Uh, that was Andrew Nowacki's last year, and now he's the veteran. And you wondered, okay, could, could he take on that role? He's taken it on beautifully. I think there were some rough patches there. I think there, you know, I'm going back to that 2014 year when that was Fred Stamps last year, and it, they were really trying to pass the torch to Darius Bowman, and it was a little shaky at times, but he really has taken it, and, and he is someone that you love watching when we're down here. We watch a lot of practice from the booth, but we're down here near the end of practice, and just watching Bowman coach up the other receivers, and is such a leader out here, and it's really impressive. And Mike Riley, you know, we always say he's got the rally swag about him, right? So and he is a consummate professional, consummate leader, and it's been great to watch again. So rally to Bowman, you're going to hear that a lot, whether it's scoring touchdowns, which will happen quite a bit, but rally to Bowman's going to factor in big time. After that, it'll be interesting. You know, Vidal Hazleton, I think, has had a good camp. Uh, they just got to stay healthy, you know, and when they get Brandon Zilstra back full-time, they get Shamat Chambers back in full-time, it's going to be a much better offense. For sure. You know, you're talking about Darius Bowman. I talked to him uh, before training camp started, and he did talk about how that's one of his goals this year is to become more of a leader, more 
of a guy who who does kind of help out those younger guys and bring them along. And, and he cited, uh, let me see, I think he said Matt Dominguez was one of them in Saskatchewan when mm -hmm. he first came into the league. He mentioned a couple other guys that, that really tutored him, and he, he he's remembered that, and he wants to be like that as well as he goes uh, as he goes on in his career as he gets closer to the end than he is to the beginning. Still some great years left, I'm sure, but, but uh, he says that's one of his goals this year is to become more of a leader and become more of a, a teacher for those young guys in the dressing room. Remember his first CFL touchdown was against the Eskimos opening game in 20, uh, 20, uh, 2008 sorry, uh, out at uh, the old Mosaic Stadium in uh, Marcus Crandall was the quarterback for the Riders. Beautiful throw down the sidelines. And Darius Bowman had that nice stride. And and once he got over all the uh, – we basically got over himself. He's turned into one of the uh, – well, no, the best receiver in the Canadian Football League. So, And there's a lot of talk about, okay, what do they do with Darrell Walker gone now? You know, that's been the big story. And some people are saying they're just going to crash and burn. I think there's a chance to spread that production out now more evenly. Bowman's going to get targeted the most. You know that. And uh, after that, I think you're going to see more of a receiver by committee approach there. When you're, you know, people were saying, well, why do you, you know, a lot of fans get frustrated. Why do Bowman and Walker get all the looks? Well, there's a reason why. We, when we saw it for, you know, two and a half seasons here in Edmonton, or one and a half season here in Edmonton. So I think it's a chance to be maybe not as explosive as an offense, but still a pretty good offense. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to be pretty, I think it'll surprise you some of those guys who step up and play well in uh, Darrell Walker's absence. And as Darius said, hey, you never know with Darrell, right? Yep. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he'll be back. And that certainly would be a huge coup if, if uh, you know, you, you've added some pretty good pieces, but that's and, and I say that not wishing any will whatsoever to, to Darrell Walker who of course has gone down to the NFL uh, Jacksonville, right? Yeah, Jacksonville uh, No, yeah Tampa Bay for Tampa Bay. Darrell I Walker. Florida. Florida. Yeah, I knew it was in Florida. Yeah. I, I was thinking so. defense because uh, Deion Lacey went to Miami. Miami, right? I want to talk about that a bit uh, because I think the defense deserves a bit of credit in the mock game. Mm -hmm. They were good and it was Ben, but don't break big time for them. But they, what was it, two field goals? No, two touchdown drives and about four field goal attempts. And Sean White was good on, no, five field goal yeah, attempts. Yeah, he was good on four or five. Yeah, and four, uh, three of those were outside the 40. So, and even Jason Moss Sean's said got the leg. <laughs> in the game, he might not even have gone for the one that he that he missed right. because it was into the wind and uh, it was from a pretty good distance. So, uh, he kind of forgave him for that one. So, I think I think officially he'll go down as 4 for 4 maybe uh, from yesterday. But that's that's another thing that's going to be interesting to watch this year too is how much does punting affect Sean White? And his field, I mean, he's the best field goal kicker in the league last year at 93%. And if he's using his leg a lot more, is it going to affect him? You know, so far he's looked good. But at this point in training camp and of the season, everybody looks good. Everyone's the best team in the league at 0-0. Zero zero. I'm looking forward to a game finally. And that'll come one week from tomorrow. Uh, the Eskimos host the Calgary Stampeders in the first preseason game of the year. Don't forget Monday, we've got that special announcement for you. The uh, CFL will be in town to uh, announce the 2018 Grey Cup game will be played in Edmonton. Right now, though, the Eskimos are concerned with the 2017 Grey Cup game, which will be played in Ottawa. Their game plan is to try and get there. It's a six-month journey that will begin one week from, well, it's already begun with training camp. Game-wise, it begins one week from tomorrow with the preseason beginning on uh, that date. 3.30 for the pregame, 5 o'clock for the kickoff, 2 o'clock on Monday for that special announcement to be heard live on 6.30. Chad, for Dave Campbell, I'm Morley Scott. Thanks for joining us today from Fan Day on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.